Well, hello, my friends, and welcome to episode 64 of Little Cabin Knits, Self-Love and Mitten Knitting. Little Cabin Knits is a monthly podcast all about knitting, mental health advocacy, my new mama journey, and life happenings here in the wilds of Alaska with a little bit of Huga sprinkled throughout. I'm your host, Emily. I'm a knitter, crafter, mental health therapist, and explorer of my home state of Alaska. This week's episode contains admin, raise a cuppa, on the couch, on the shelf, personal skill set, a time for Huga, and contemplation corner. So sit back with a cuppa of your choice and let's talk about knitting. Administration. Well, my friends, you can find me on Instagram as Anders Mill Knits uh, and on Ravelry as Anders Mill Knits. You can find me on YouTube as Between Knits and Pearls. You can find our official website where all of our show notes are at betweenknitsandpearls.com. And if you have a question or a comment, you can email me at littlecabinknitsak at gmail.com. I haven't heard from anybody in a little while, so give me a shout out, why don't you? Uh, that's only on email. On Instagram and Ravelry, I get messages all the time, and I love it. So thank you, guys. I love talking to you. Uh, just a reminder that I am an Amazon affiliate, so anything that's listed on our website as clearly being marked an Amazon link, if you go there and purchase anything during your visit, uh, once you've been clicked, redirected over to Amazon, I get a very tiny um, commission, and it doesn't tell me what you bought, doesn't tell me anything like that, it just gives me a few cents um, from whatever whatever it is that you end up purchasing. And that helps us to maintain the uh, all the different apps and the website that I use to keep this uh, podcast going along with Between Knits and Pearls. Uh, you can also support me directly by going to Ko-Fi account. So that's K-O-F-I. And you can find me as Little Cabin Knits on Ko-Fi, and you can just make a donation there. Um, Charming You is still our official sponsor of Little Cabin Knits and Between Knits and Pearls, and she's doing a wonderful job. Speaking of which, uh, the Charming You did the giveaway, and Shauna Stitches on Instagram won the 24 Days of Cheer uh, giveaway package. And it's my understanding that she's already received her prize package. So congratulations, Shauna. And that, my friends, is administration. Raise a cuppa. Just a little reminder, this is the segment in which I tell you a little bit. We just chit-chat a little bit, tell you about what's happening in our life here in Alaska and uh, yeah, see how you guys are doing as well. So you guys might have noticed uh, I changed the introduction to the podcast. I have now listed it as a monthly podcast. If I get more than that done, I'm feeling good. It, but at this point, um, due to life changes and everything, I am only putting a goal out that I put a podcast out every single ca- single calendar month. And sorry, I'm grinning because my son is over in his little bouncy chair grinning at me and giving me the little come hither smile of his 
Speaking of, Jimmy is now eight and a half months old. He is turning into quite the solid little man. He is loving sitting up on his own and playing with toys and being much more interactive like he just is now. He wants to play his game where I go, huh? Are you going to do it back? <laughs> no, he's just going to nod his head at me. Um, and he loves rolling onto his belly and being on his belly as much as possible and turning in circles. And we've caught him ha- having scooched a tiny bit forward when he's been on his belly. He is not moving around freely on the floor yet. He hasn't quite figured out how to get those knees under him to to crawl, but he is having a grand old time figuring it out. <laughs> yes. We moved his playpen into the living room now because now that he can sit up. Yes, my darling. Now that he can sit up, he loves to play in his playpen while I'm doing chores. But his favorite thing to do um, when I'm doing chores, especially in the kitchen, is if, or, or in the, well, no, just in the kitchen, is if I put him in his rocker and I bring him into the kitchen, he's got one or two toys in his lap and he can talk to me, quote unquote talk. And keep me company as I'm cleaning the kitchen or making dinner or any of those things. He is just lovely. I've been documenting a little bit more about my life here uh, with Jimmy because we've had a change in situation. I am now a stay-at-home mom. I am looking for very part-time work as a mental health therapist. I've decided to go back to therapy Um, but I want it to be very part-time and I would prefer it being like at night and on the weekends. And those are very hard jobs, A, to find and B, to get because as you know, they're pretty much coveted by any other therapist that's also a mama. (laughs) So, you know, it's very stiff competition, but I am, uh, actively applying specifically to Providence for those jobs. But I have been approached by quite a few people who are either uh, my friends in the field or just you guys on Instagram or on your own um, saying, hey, why don't you just start your own counseling service? So here's what it would look like if I did that. Um, if I were to start my own counseling service, I would only take clients at nights and on weekends, which would be great for people who have jobs and can't get out of their jobs for counseling services. I know of no other uh, counseling service on their own that does this, especially for the working class. Um, And I actually do not want to have an office. I kind of made that decision. Like if I do this, I want to be what's called a traveling counselor. I want to go to people's homes and interact with them in their environments, making sure that it is private and everything. Um, And um, you know, do the counseling with that. Um, I've had quite a few of my colleagues say that that is a marvelous idea and that, you know, if they weren't so bound to their brick and mortar, uh, services, they wish they had thought of it. And I was like, I know I'm cool like that. Um, I would specialize in things like, uh, women being pregnant, working class, uh, working people, uh, people with past experience with trauma and people who want to have a more balanced lifestyle. And thus, I just also decided that I will do life coaching. Because here's the thing. 
As a counselor, I can only counsel you if you are in the state that I live. So I cannot counsel anyone in any place else in the world other than Alaska as a mental health therapist. But as a life coach, I can count, I can work with people from around the world. And I've had quite a few people reach out to me over the years um, wondering if I would do that work with them. And I would explain to them, like, I can do this on a life coaching basis, but I'm just... Uh, so overwhelmed or, you know, bogged down with all of my duties at the time that I felt like I could not commit to doing any life coaching. And so now I'm kind of thinking, hmm, maybe, maybe that's what I'll do. So, you know, I floated that past Mr. Radio and he loved the idea, but he was also like, oh man, you're going to, you're going to be totally exhausted. And I was like, yeah, but I'm already exhausted. Speaking of which, Jimmy and I just woke up from a two hour nap together and we, Loved it. The only reason we woke up is because I needed to use the restroom and record my podcast. <laughs> so, but I, I'm just not sure. I'm just, you know, do I want to do that? Um, or do I want to continue to just look to work for somebody else? Because then everything is taken care of for me. You know, I, uh, my clients are there. I don't have to go out cold calling to try and get up a client base and all that kind of stuff. And so, you know, that's really, um, that's really attractive. But what's not so attractive is, is I don't, you know, I can't sit there and pick and choose per se who my clients are. Not that I ever have in the past or have ever felt like somebody is more worthy of my time and efforts than anybody else. That's not it at all. It's, um, it's just sometimes I might not feel that I'm the right fit for that person but because I've worked for an agency I really didn't have a choice I had to just try and do my best by them and sometimes my best wasn't good enough because I just wasn't the right person for them so in that regard that's kind of what's been on my mind but I've been documenting more because I've been at home uh documenting a little bit more about my life with Jimmy we started recording as of last week um my um, attempts to be a better cook. <laughs> so we started a TikTok account, which I was really nervous about doing. I, I just don't want creepers, you know? Um, and actually I don't even know what my TikTok handle is. I mean, it says my name is Emily on there. That's, that's all I know. I got to figure that out. I don't know what my handle on TikTok is, but then I also posted onto Instagram. It gives you that option. And so you don't really need to find me on TikTok because like I said I cross post it and that's good enough for me so last week we made we made uh, Amish white bread which I don't like um I've discovered um it's just too sweet for me uh it used two third cups um, um sugar and I just didn't really like it and the cost of it was not worth it to me based off of the time and effort that I put into it. Um, it was only about 10 or 15 cents cheaper a loaf than if I bought it at the store. So that's not worth it to me. I want to make more economical bread. So we're going to be looking into that further this week. Um, and then we also made, had leftover Wednesday when I recorded that, in which we made cottage pie um, from the leftovers that we had in the fridge. So those are the things that I've just been up to and what Jimmy's been up to. It's been a lot to adjust to this new lifestyle, I will tell you. Um, and I think, I'm going to be really honest with you, I think I'm more exhausted uh, being a stay-at-home mom 
then I was working and having Jimmy with me at all times. And I just still cannot pinpoint why that is. I, I feel like I'm still providing him the same amount of attention and loving, um, but as I did when I was working, but I'm more exhausted or maybe I was so exhausted before that I just didn't realize it. Um, so Jimmy and I do, uh, he sleeps on his own for a couple naps a day, but the really long nap, like we just took, we tend to take it together, sleeping side by side, either on the couch or in the bed. And boy, howdy, do we sleep deep when we do those. So, but you know, that's all good. But Jimmy only wakes once a night, you know? Um, and so I'm really working with him on self-soothing and we're going to start trying to teach him uh, baby sign language here soon. I I don't know what the appropriate age to start teaching them. And I'm not even really sure how to teach him that. So I got to do some research. How do you teach a baby sign language? No idea. So I just mimic it to him? I don't know. I have no idea. But we're going to figure it out. But that's what's been going on in general in our lives. Um, we have also been attending our family book club. We read the oh my goodness the life journey of something larue oh my gosh i've forgotten what it's called um but i read it to jimmy it's a really short book i read it to him out loud yes and this month we are reading emma and that's another thing i've been thinking about like do i want to start a book club online with you guys like that would be fun we could choose whatever we want um I've also been reading, um, uh, my favorite fantasy author has come out with a new series about the foundation of Valdemar. And so I've been reading the first book in that series and I've been relishing every little page because the next book doesn't come out till May. But I've also been thinking, hey, if I finish this, then I'm just going to start reading, rereading <laughs> all the other like 40 or 50 or maybe even a hundred books that she's come out with from that series. Um, while I wait. <laughs> what are you talking about, mister? Yeah. Okay, do you want me to come get you? Just let me finish this part, okay? And then I'll come get you. Um, we've been having a lot of snow over the past couple weeks. And it's been fluctuating in the high 20s to the single digits a lot. Like, you just can't, I just have no idea what the weather's going to be that day. Yes. But we did have a huge snowfall last night, um, and in the morning on Sunday, Super Bowl Sunday, it was kind of sleeting, and and so the roads were really bad, and then on top of that, and then it got colder and with the snowstorm, and so we got, I don't know, about four or five, maybe even six inches of snow on top of that, so my husband just requested, please don't go out today. I was like, eh problem i don't have anywhere i need to be so isn't that great to say that i don't have anywhere i need to be oh i love it <laughs> oh yeah my life is hard isn't it um <laughs> but uh so jimmy and i just hunkered down we've just been having fun in the house playing we've got his toys all over the house today because we've been playing so hard haven't we jim jim yes you want me to come get you Okay, okay, I'm going to come get you right now. On the couch. 
Well, I have a few new knits that I've been working on on the couch and one that's been uh, on the needles. The first one is that I cast on yesterday during the Super Bowl the sweater by Caitlin Hunter or Boyland Knitworks. Uh, the sweater is called Little Cabin and I love this sweater. Um, it's it's interesting. I've never knit a bottom-up sweater before to completion. I've started them in the past but never completed them. So, fingers crossed. Um, it's got this uh, beautiful uh, lace detail on the bottom hem. And then it goes into a, a stocking net stitch with bobbles coming out here and there um, pretty randomly. But, of course, you know, she's got a chart for it. And I love Caitlin Hunter's patterns that she writes because she thinks of everything. And in this one in particular, I really liked because at the beginning of the instructions, she even had a note from one of her test knitters about how they knit bobbles to make the bobbles really pop. And I really appreciated that. And I can share that because this is not something that is proprietary in any way. So the, and I've knit lots of bobbles in the past, but I've never done it this way. And I'm totally going to do it because they say that they pop more. So you knit the bobble like normal. But once you're done, once the bobble is complete, you pass it back over to the working needle. And then, and it's... In essence, what you're doing is you're taking the working yarn and you're wrapping it around the base of the stitch that's holding the bobble. So you're passing it from one needle to the other so you can wrap the yarn around it. And by doing that, it gives it kind of a little trunk, if you will. So the bobble sticks out further um, because of that extra little fabric that you've added to it at the base. It'll stick out further on the fabric. And I'm like, oh, dude, I'm totally doing that. So that's not how she wrote it in the pattern, and that's not how the testner described it. <laughs> that's the best I can do without actually doing it and telling you as I'm doing it, because I haven't done it yet. But I cast this on during the Super Bowl. We were voting, we were rooting for the Philadelphia Eagles, the Kansas City Chiefs won, and, but my golly, was that a well-played game. And I am a novice when it comes to football, totally a novice, um, but... This season, my husband has been watching at least one game every weekend. He doesn't like college football. He only likes the professional leagues. Um, so he watches at least one game a weekend. And during that time, I'll be doing stuff around the house and catching little snippets here and there. And I've been asking him lots of questions throughout the entire time about, okay, well, what does this mean? Or why did that get a foul? And I've actually gotten so into it. Like during the Super Bowl, I was totally invested, even though neither one of those teams um, I know really anything about. <laughs> I was talking to my mom during the Super Bowl and she was asking, oh, well, do you like football? And I said, yeah, I think I do. I mean, it really just matters if I think the, the team members are nice guys or not. <laughs> If I think they're jerks, like, I think it's the 49ers. I got super mad at them during the season because I just kept seeing them, what to me looked like purposely hurting other teams during the games. And I was just so upset by that. I just couldn't handle it. Uh, I just can't vote for, uh, root for them. But maybe that's just my perception. Because I'm just like, hey, they look like nice guys. I'm going to, you know, totally root for you. Uh, but my husband told me beforehand, yeah, we're we're rooting for the Philadelphia Eagles. I was like, okay. Um, 
But both teams played extraordinarily well. I was really impressed. Uh, so during that time, I completed a different project and I cast on the this sweater, the little cabin. I'm knitting this out of uh, Lion Brand Fisherman's Wool in the natural colorway or colorway number 098. And technically, this is an Aran weight uh, and the sweater calls for worsted, but I think I'm good with it because the thing is, is I've lost a lot of weight during the pregnancy and since then. I used to knit um, for like my bust would be about... Um, uh, it used to be about 52 inches and now I'm at about 48 or a little less inches. So I would always be knitting for sizes 2XL. And now with this one, uh, this sweater calls for you to add on um, uh, one to two inches uh, so you can have positive ease from the schematics that she gives. So let's say your bust weighed 46 inches, then you would probably want to be knitting the size that I am currently knitting, which is the 48.25 uh, size, so XL. But my thought process was I'm knitting this in Aran weight, so it'll stretch a bit more. Um, and this is going to be so good for camping uh, in the cold weather up here. I'm so excited. And I really, really, really just wanted to knit with my fisherman's wool. I'm just going to say it. I just really wanted to. And I love it. It's nice and rustic. Um, and I love the feel of it in my hands. Like, I feel like I'm knitting with real wool. And, you know, a lot of wool these day, yarn these days is so overly processed. It's so smooth that, you know, it almost... I feel a, a lot more disconnected from the sheep than um than I think I would like and so this this wool has really gotten me um loving that I still can't knit uh too much pearls but I am doing better especially because I'm doing a lot of stretches uh before during and after I'm wearing my um my braces um so that I can stabilize my thumbs a lot my dominant hand my right hand is doing really well my non-dominant hand which is the hand that got injured second is not doing as well I still get a lot of pain there and I you know I do need to go to the doctor to talk to them more about this I just I don't know I just I don't like my new doctor because um my old my old doctor before I was pregnant um is now working in an urgent care I can't go to my OBGYN anymore because obviously I'm not pregnant and I liked her um and so now I've established care with a brand new doctor and they practically after I established care, they went on their own family leave. And so I just have whoever is, you know, available to make an appointment with while she's gone. So it's not, it's not the greatest, but at the same time, you know, she'll be back and it'll be okay. But so I still haven't made that jump, um, uh, to go to a doctor for that. Um, but I am starting to take better care of myself. I've made appointments to get glasses. I haven't had a new, new glasses in over three years. I really need them. Um, and uh, Jimmy is doing really well as far as the doctor. But of course, this is not this is not raise a cuppa. Okay, Emily, back back to the pattern. So I love the the little cabin uh, sweater pattern. I have it linked on my website. Uh, the show notes uh, so that you can either find it on the Ravelry link and I've also made a direct link to Boylan Knitworks 
website. Um, I couldn't find little cabin pattern on her website, which I thought was strange. I don't know why it's not there. Pretty much everything else, all of her other patterns are there uh, that I could see, just not this one. I don't know. Um, but, you know, her website is beautiful, by the way. I spent quite a while just tootling around on there. Really enjoyed myself. I'm ca I'm using US size 7 and US size 8 needles to uh, do this sweater. And actually, uh, yesterday during the Super Bowl, I sat down and I uh, went through all of my suitcase, yes, suitcase, full of needles and doodads and organized them because I was like, what is going on? Why can't I find needles? Granted, I have almost like 40 projects cast on. <laughs> That is a good reason why I can't find needles. But I was like, that's that's not... It's still, I should have more needles in sizes 7 and 8 in here. So, uh, And I did. I just needed to go through it and organize it a bit more. The other uh, project that I have currently on the couch is my Goldwing sweater by, by Jennifer Steingast. And I haven't really knit much more since last we spoke on it. The main reason is, is that... Uh, I was knitting on it one night and my left hand thumb made a horrible popping noise and it just was in so, so painful I couldn't knit for a week. And so, um, and I don't know if it's because since it's ferrile in DK weight that it's a lot heavier even though I'm only working on the yoke. I, I have no idea. Uh, so I just put that aside uh, and I worked on some lighter projects until yesterday to make up for it. So that, oh, um, I've also linked those, uh, her Ravelry pa project page uh, and the Ravelry uh, pattern I've linked on my website. But I don't have an outside link for Jennifer Steingast for her patterns. Um, but I am knitting those in Madeline Tosh DK in the colorway Deep, which is a dark blue. And the hot pink speckled color, which is the um, pop of color, is Barbara Deserved Better. All in Madeline Tosh DK. And it's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. Um, so I just got to get over my nerves about picking it back up and, and doing it again. Because it's just oh so pretty. Um, and that, my friends, is... Oh, wait. I forgot one thing, but I also forgot to put it in my notes. So I'll be right back. I got to get that. The last project I have on the couch is the Super Scrubby Dishcloth by Callie and Cleveland. This is meant to be knit as a dishcloth, and um, I'm not doing that. I am knitting this out of Appalachian by Design in the U.S. Organic Cotton in Sport Weight in the Greenbrier colorway for Jimmy to chew on. Plain and simple. Just I just want him to chew on it. So I started this at my book club the this last week, and um, my sister was there, and she was able to give me a few pointers on my crocheting that I really enjoy because that I really appreciated because my sister is extremely good at crochet. She she crocheted me a doily for my first marriage that I absolutely love, um, and I cherish very deeply. And <laughs> Jimmy was chewing on that too, so <laughs> you know. He just needs a few things to chew on as he's teething. Um, so I thought, why not, you know, 
try my hand a few uh, different dishcloths and he can just chew on them as he needs to. So that is on the couch. On the shelf. So, my nimble fingers have been quite busy with some lighter weight projects. The first of which I completed my Silver Dream mittens, with which I knit using Knit Pick City Tweed DK in Harbor Seal and the Primrose colorway. So, that is um, a tealish, a very light teal, kind of tealy gray actually. And Primrose is a, is a uh, faded pink kind of colorway. Uh, I have linked to my Ravelry project page and to the Drops website where the pattern is free and I highly recommend it. Very good. I talked about that in detail last time. Once I finished those, uh, I was over at my parents' house and I was wearing my mittens and my Auntie Di and my Uncle Ron are up here staying for the winter. Um, you know, my, you know, my dad had the triple bypass surgery uh, was it this last summer or something like that? Um, and so they, no, fall, fall. And so my auntie Di and uncle Ron came up to, uh, take, you know, be there with my dad and, uh, help take care of him, take care of the house and everything. And, you know, just, just to be on hand and it's been wonderful. I love them. Uh, and so my auntie Di saw those and she just kind of quipped, Oh, when are you going to knit me some mittens? And I thought to myself, you know, She's very cold. She hasn't lived in Alaska in, oh, 30-odd years. And uh, so I thought, to, and she's always sitting in front of the space heater. Now, granted, my parents' house is pretty drafty, and my dad does keep it pretty cold. Uh, and so it's always been the family joke that you have to put on extra layers when you go over to my parents' house. <laughs> I'm used to it. I'm like my dad. I like it colder in my house than than warmer. Although, since I've had Jimmy... Uh, we've had the temperature at a steady 70 degrees this winter, and I've been pretty darn comfortable. There's actually been a couple times where I've actually had to, you know, put the heat up even higher than 70. So surprising. Uh, because before this, you know, 66, 68, that's about where I would have it. And, you know, my husband would always be freezing. But, so, uh, I just thought to myself, you know... Uh, why don't I knit my aunt a pair of mittens? I'm really enjoying knitting Fair Isle mittens, and she obviously would like some. I knit her a a snood. If you don't know what that is, think about a a cowl with a hood on it. And I knit that for her, yeah, a good uh, 20 odd years ago, uh, and she loved it. And I've never knit her anything since. So I thought, you know, I'll knit her a pair of mittens. Uh, it'd be really nice. So I did. And I went and looked in my library on Ravelry. And um, the Norwegian mittens for Mimi I had in my library. But it is a free pattern on Ravelry as well. So you don't have, you know, you can go and get it. Um, <laughs> it's been a while since I recorded, obviously. Uh, yeah. And... So I cast that on again using some more Knit Picks uh, DK, uh, using the Tweed DK leftovers from my husband's sweater. Like I said, I have a lot of this leftover and just I'm just picking away at it here and there. 
I consulted my mom on what colors my aunt would like the most and we ended up picking the gray for the main color and the blue for the contrast color so for the main motif of the mittens and it was a marvelous knit so easy so intuitive I tried knitting these back in 2016 and I accidentally knit two right hand mittens um, when I did that and I I've never frogged them <laughs> they've just always been sitting around the house um, and so this time I was like you know what I'm gonna do this correctly this pattern is pretty darn easy if a you know how to read charts and B you understand that she does not write into the pattern where you need to do the decreases instead what she does in the chart is she just decreases how many squares are on that are showing up as far as what you need to knit uh, on the chart and so intuitively you have to know oh that's where I need to do a decrease or an increase and this would be the correct decrease or increase for that section right leaning or left leaning I prefer for my increases I prefer picking up the stitch below for the increase and for the decrease I just did my standard slip slip knit for the what is that that's the left leaning decrease and for the right leaning le decrease I obviously did my knit two together and I just you know followed that and it was pretty darn easy I didn't do uh, what she said to do for the thumbs she wrote into the pattern that you put in scrap yarn uh, for the instead of putting the stitches on hold you would do like the afterthought heel method and I have never been successful at doing the afterthought heel method on anything so I knew I wouldn't be successful here so I just did my standard and true putting the st live stitches onto stitch holders and when it came time to pick up the stitches um, you know I just knew what I needed to do in order to make that work uh, I think it would have probably looked better, if I'm honest, if I had followed her instructions and done the afterthought heel method. But, like I said, I'm not very good at that, so I wasn't going to risk it, especially because I, you know, I had no idea if when I picked up the thumb stitches if Jimmy would interrupt me or, or what, so I didn't want to take the chance that I would be in the middle of it and be distracted. So the knitting is done. I blocked, uh, oh, I finished them yesterday during the Super Bowl. I blocked them last night. I laid them out to dry. They're now dry. So I just have to clip off the ends and they are ready for my aunt who I will see tomorrow when I see my parents. So I'm pretty excited about that. Oh yeah, tomorrow's uh, Valentine's Day. Um, and so those are done. So those are two sets of mittens done and completed. The third and final thing that I have completed is a washcloth uh, for Jimmy to chew on. This one is, this pattern is called Washcloth Set by Cream of the Crop Crochet. And this was also a free pattern. Uh, again, I used the Appalachian Chain by Design, the U.S. Co organic cotton in sport weight, but this time I used baby blue colorway. And I used a four millimeter crochet hook to, to crochet this up. And as soon as I didn't block it, I wet it down. Actually, I just threw it in the washing machine with a load of wash. 
and when it came out of the dryer I clipped the ends off and still warm I handed it to Jimmy and he immediately shoved it in his mouth and went ah <laughs> just loved it and he does he does love it he um he likes to put it in his hand and kind of like wave it like a little flag he likes to see it kind of waving in the wind if you will uh, and then he'll stuff it in his mouth and so that one that's why I cast on a second quote-unquote washcloth for him to chew on because this one has been so successful and I'm choosing washcloths that have a, a, a texture that's that would be interesting I feel for for him to interact with so I have no idea what the texture is called on this one um, it's it's um I don't even know how to describe it honestly I guess you just have to go and look at it uh, it's got yeah I have no idea how to describe it um, the it's this one is written for worsted weight yarn in in cotton but of course I cast on in sport weight I didn't uh, and so I used the correct hook for sport weight and I just said well whatever size it comes out to be is whatever size it comes out to be because it doesn't need to be anything except for to be chewed on so it's all good and it's the same kind of thought process I'm having for the other cloth that I'm knitting for him which was called the super scrubby dishcloth and that my friends is on the couch on the shelf sorry personal skill set. I was thinking about what I wanted to talk about today and there's a lot that's been on my mind. Um, I want to do an episode that talks about Wabi Sabi which is the um, oriental art of mending uh, a broken pottery or broken artwork and using gold to mend it and so I do want to talk about that one at some point because I just think it's fascinating. But today I thought I would just, because it's the season of love, let's talk about self-love. So what is self-love? How would you define it, right? And how do you know if you have it? How do you get it? So on and so forth. So at first I'm going, I, actually I'm going to lean pretty heavily on an article I found at Psych Central. Um, and so I've got quite a few quotes from them today. So I really liked how they define what self-love is. So this is what they say. Self-love means that you accept yourself fully, treat yourself with kindness and respect, and nurture your growth and well-being. Self-love encompasses not only how you treat yourself, but also your thoughts and feelings about yourself. So when you conceptualize self-love, you can try to imagine what you would do for yourself, how you would talk to yourself, and how you'd feel about yourself that reflects love and concern. So while I was thinking about this, self-love and self-esteem is, in, is, is linked in my mind. But I really wanted to focus on solely this concept of self-love. And so I, I just want to recognize that it can be very difficult to identify whether or not we have it. Uh, but overall, and what it would look like, but overall, it's just this feeling that you have of well-being within yourself, of the ability to care for yourself, not just meeting your day-to-day -day needs, but also your spiritual, your intellectual, and even your emotional needs. Well, or maybe especially your emotional needs. In, 
in essence, it means that you have a positive viewpoint of yourself. Some claim that self-love is sort of like an island in which the viewpoints of others regarding yourself are disregarded, as in you don't care what other people think of you. Not the positive criticism, mind you, but the that is the positive criticism is meant is given out of love and concern and is meant to help you grow as an individual and maybe bring something to your attention that you might not have noticed before. But more the disregarding of those mean-spirited remarks that others might make about you. And understanding that what they see of you is not really you. Does that make sense? So that's why self-love is like an island. You got to disregard those other things. But others believe that you can't love another person unless you love yourself first. Now, personally, I believe that both of these things are myths. I more believe that, yeah, you need to dis... uh, Well, obviously, you need to disregard the mean-spirited comments. But the thing about you can't love another person unless you love yourself first, I don't truly believe. Um, I've had lots of experiences in my life in which I have very obviously loved another person and and found that I didn't have love and regard for myself at that time. It made life a lot harder. It made my interactions with other people a lot harder. Um, but I still found that I was able to love others, even though I found myself unlovable, if you will. Um, plus, the other thing is, is that self-love, like many things that I talk about, as far as like mental health and con- and philosophical concepts, it's a lifelong journey. It's not just one day you wake up and all of a sudden you love yourself and you're good to go for the rest of your life. You know exactly what to do, when you need it, and you're always kind to yourself. You always meet your needs, but at the same time you're meeting the needs of others. That's not that's not realistic. That's not how our our minds and our emotions flow it's our minds and emotions more flow like a river sometimes it's nice and calm and easy to traverse if the pretending you're on a a raft right and other times it can be very difficult you know the rapids come there's big boulders in the way and you know that there could be sharp rocks underneath that could pierce your boat and make it sink right all these things and so this this idea that uh, self-love is comes all at once and you're good to go I I don't ascribe to that I I ascribe to the fact that sometimes it's a lot easier to love yourself and to take care of yourself and other times it is dang difficult especially when uh, people that you love and you respect especially when they have harsh criticisms for you even if those things even when those criticisms are given out of love and compassion it's often very hard to receive those things. Actually, I can't think of a time when it wouldn't be hard to receive those things. Who likes to be told that they're wrong or doing things wrong or messed up in any way? No one, right? Because we've already got it going on in our heads about all these things. Um, and so when, a, especially when a person that we respect, love, or per, possibly is a mentor to us comes to us with, with harsh criticism, we take that really deeply and and it can stint our journey of self-love and self-compassion. 
the other con- thing I was thinking about is that also we live in, in a world that is closer knit together than ever before. And it's a lot because of social media. And it's also a lot harsher today than I feel like it ever was before. We have this concept now of calling a person a Karen, a quote unquote Karen. If they um, act irrationally, if they have emotional breakdown, if they're rude to other people. I really struggle with this because in my opinion, when somebody is doing that, I want to find out what is really going on with that person, that they have this outburst instead of condemning them and, and putting them out there to be shamed and shunned by not just their friends and family, but really honestly the world at this point. It's interesting, we've been having a conversation, well, no, we haven't been having a conversation, I don't know what the, what what you would say, I've just, I've been noticing a lot more things coming up on social media about this woke culture, W-O-K-E, um, and, a, and I, I watched a really funny TikTok uh, of, of these two gentlemen who were kind of mocking this whole woke culture, but pretending to be woke at the same time. Uh, and what they were saying is, is like, I do my share. And, and so they said, so for, so for instance, with the Ukrainian conflict, I was one of the first on board to support it. And they were like, oh, so the interviewer was like, oh, did you, did you um, donate to the Ukrainian cause? No, we didn't do that. Uh, did you volunteer to go and help fight them? fight the Russians? No, we didn't do that. Well, how did you support the Ukrainian cause? And they said, well, we put the Ukrainian flag up on our social media. We changed our profile pictures to be support Ukraine. And they were like, and and everybody followed suit once we did it. And then they talked about how they, you know, post things online of people who do something wrong um, and uh, as they perceive it. And, but, and the interviewer was asking them, you know, what happened once they did, once they posted about somebody doing something wrong. And they said, oh, all kinds of things happen. People protest them. Sometimes their houses get egged. Sometimes their tires get slashed and they deserve it. And I'm, and I'm thinking in my head, they're not far off. We do this to each other now. It, it's, we're lashing out in anger. This is not criticism anymore. This is shunning. This is, and, and how we can expect other people to love themselves or love each other when we are lashing out at each other in this way is simply beyond me. So my, my thought process goes to wondering why a person is acting out like that. I, I treat myself the same way when I, when I act out. Like when I say something mean-spirited to my husband, I wonder why that came up. And 10 times out of 10, it has nothing to do with what my husband did or said. It has everything to do with what's going on internally with me. Whether I'm tired, whether I'm sick, whether... I'm frustrated, whether I'm not feeling like I'm doing a good enough job at something, which is generally what it is. I feel that I'm not doing a good enough job at being a mom, at being a wife, at doing my job at work that that I used to have, whatever it may be. When I feel inadequate, I lash out. And that is very unfortunate. And my husband and I have talked about that multiple times and we, and, and I'm always striving to do better. But that's the way I feel like we can grow in love and understanding with each other, but 
more importantly, with love and understanding of ourselves. Wonder why. Approach the situation with curiosity and um, and courage to figure out what's going on. You know, Jimmy is young. He's only eight and a half months old. So he doesn't act out yet because um, he doesn't know what acting out is. He does get fussy, right? He does cry and he can't communicate with, with us, yes, to tell us why he's crying. And so it's a guessing game. Is his diaper dirty? Is he hungry? Uh, is he having uh, teething pains, growing pains? Is he tired? What is it? And there are subtle clues that he does give us that things are happening. Um, but, you know, you gotta. it took a long time to learn to read them. And they seem to be changing every day, those cues. And um, so I don't lash out at Jimmy when he cries and I'm confounded as to why he's crying. I try to understand and I try different things to figure out what is going on with him. And I'm going to try and do that when he's older as well. When he maybe lashes out in anger or misbehaves. I'm I, I'm hoping what I will do is I will come to him and and try to with curi with a curiosity to understand why that's going on, because the thing about it is is that we can love someone. And not agree with their behaviors, right? Um, actually, I feel like that's truly the essence of love: is loving someone despite their bad behaviors. Uh, so how can we get that get that to that point with ourselves? Loving ourselves despite our negative, unwanted behaviors. I also thought about the concept of just love itself. Uh, you know, philosophers and authors and just common folk like you and me, we've tried to define what love is throughout the centuries. For like 5,000 years, we've been trying to figure out what is love? What does it look like? How do we know when we're in love and when it's just infatuation versus, um, you know, sexual appeal? Uh, and what does, how do you define that? <clears throat> well, the dictionary isn't much help because it just says that um, having a regard for another person. Well, then if that's the case, then I, I love everybody, but I don't romantically love everybody, right? And the thing about it is, is I, uh, there's different types of love. Yes, I romantically love my husband. I motherly love my son. So what kind of love do I have for myself? Self-love, right? Hopefully, right? <laughs> Sorry, I just saw that my dog accidentally, he had was jumping up on the couch and he totally messed up my blog post. There we go. I think I fixed it. When I have self-love for myself, I have compassion for myself, just as I have compassion for my husband, for my family members, for for most everyone out there. Um, it's not just that I empathize with them, 
that I want to understand what is going on, but that I actively want to alleviate their suffering. So do I have that same self-compassion for myself? I had did an entire episode about a self-compassion. I want you to think about, I was just talking about criticizing other people um, and not coming at this with a place of, from a place of wonder, of, of curiosity. I want you to think about that as well for yourself. Do you come, do you criticize yourself when you make a mistake? Or do you come to yourself and ask why I made that mistake? How can I improve? How can I make my growth areas, what we commonly call weak points, how do we make them into strengths? How do we capitalize on those, right? That is an extremely hard process, and probably I need to do an episode just on that, how to, you know, how to understand that and grow from that and, and, and live a better life with those. Um, when you criticize yourself, you diminish the ability that you have to love yourself. When you come at yourself with this, this air of curiosity and of taking care of yourself, you, uh, you increase your ability to love yourself and to have a better sense of comfort, of joy, of well-being, of safety. And we all need that. You know, there's this concept of where can I go that's safe in my life? And a lot of people hopefully would say either a family member or their partner I would love to see us say that our safe spots is ourselves. We are safe within ourselves, that we can trust ourselves enough to say, you are my safe spot. Not that you want island and you don't need anybody else and you don't need to confide your cares and woes to other people. But, but honestly, yeah, that, that you feel safe within yourself. So how do we get there, right? Um, again, at Psych Central, they actually listed quite a few examples of what self-love would look like in action. And so I'm going to talk about the getting there part more in the Huga section or segment. So for now, I'm going to list what Psych Central um, put down as ways that we can uh, see self-love in action. Um, saying positive things about yourself, forgiving yourself when you mess up, meeting your own needs, being assertive, not letting others take advantage of, of us or abuse us, prioritizing our health and well-being, spending time around people who support uh, you and build you up and avoiding people who don't, asking for help, Letting go of grudges or anger that holds you back. Recognizing your strengths. Valuing your feelings. Making healthy choices most of the time. Living in accordance with your values. Pursuing your interests and goals. Challenging yourself. Holding yourself accountable. Giving yourself healthy treats. Accepting your imperfections. And setting realistic expectations and noticing your progress and efforts. So 
we're going to talk about some of these later on. But again, I was just reading them again and again. All of those things, I can't unpack them all in this one segment. And so I, I was just thinking as I was reading them over, my gosh, we need to talk about this. We need to talk about that. We need to talk about each and every one of these things. Because a lot of these things seems very ethereal. Like how in the world do I do that? For instance, how do I... Um, Where's the one about values? Uh, living in accordance with your values. Well, what if I don't really know what my value system is? What if, what do I what if I don't even know what Emily's talking about when she talks about values and value systems, right? Um, or let's see, uh, priority. No, not letting others take advantage or abuse you. How do we do that? How what? How do we be assertive but not aggressive? Like, how do we do this? How do we meet our own needs? How do we forgive ourselves when we mess up? How do we do all of these things, right? And um, so I, I'll probably here and there throughout the next year, sprinkle some of these, these concepts in and talk and unpack these a bit more. But this segment, I just want to leave you with this one thought. <clears throat> there are three words that are the most powerful words in any language. And they are, I love you. Ask yourself, when is the last time you told someone that you love them and truly had that feeling behind it. It wasn't an afterthought. It wasn't a see you later, love ya kind of a thing. It was truly a, a deeply felt I love you with intent and purpose behind it. The purpose being that you want to impart your true feelings onto another person. These three words are the most powerful but the hardest ones to say and I think they are even harder to say to ourselves have you ever told yourself that you love yourself can you say that now can you even say that you like yourself it's an interesting thought to have to contemplate do I like myself do I love myself can I honestly say I love you Emily and really mean it. Oh, that felt so good to say just now. Oh, maybe you guys just all need to pause for a moment and just tell yourselves that you love yourself. Use your name. Make it formal. I think that can start you on the journey of experiencing self-love and putting self-love into action. A time for Hugo. So like I said in the last segment, I pretty much ended it with giving you a list of ways that you can exemplify self-love in your life, putting it into action, if you will. Each and every one of these concepts relate to Hugo and the lifestyle of Hugo because Hugo is all about comfort, safety, joy, peace, right? Feeling warm and accepted. So my invitation this week is to pick one from that list and I'll give you a hint. Uh, maybe pick the easiest one to you, the one that you were most drawn to, the one that you understood, right? And concentrate on it in your life for just a week and see if your feelings of internal safety, of internal comfort, of internal joy 
and internal peace are not enhanced. So personally, I am choosing, I chose the easiest one, guys, for me anyway. Um, So I'm focusing on noticing my progress and effort. I wanted to choose noticing when uh, that I am worthy and giving myself praise. Uh, but that's always been one of the hardest things for me to do. So I chose the easiest, what I perceive right at this moment to be the easiest thing for me to do. So noticing my progress and my effort. Since I am now a stay-at-home mom, my daily life is very ritualistic and at the same time, It can also be very challenging and a little bit boring. I'm just going to be honest, okay? I love my son. I find him very exciting. But when you think about the the rituals that I go through every single day of changing him, of feeding him, of giving him his naps every single day over and over, and I stick to a very strict schedule with him because... I feel like that is the best for him, for him to have this routine so he can grow and be, um, you know, have all of his needs met uh, on, 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 a, on a daily basis and know that he can have those needs met when he needs them, right? Uh, if that makes sense. Um, and so those things are boring, <laughs> if I'm honest, a lot of times. I mean, changing a diaper can be exciting when he decides to put his hands down there when I'm changing a poopy diaper. <laughs> that can get exciting, right? Uh, but by and large, you know, it's just something I do. It's not challenging for me, right? What it is challenging for me is playing with him, is, is figuring out ways to interact with him to help him grow every single day, And at the same time, what's also challenging is for me to be intellectually challenged, but also to get enough rest. That's also been a big challenge. And so I've oftentimes uh, not noticed when I've done well, when I've made progress on something, when I'm doing something better. And so this week, I want to take note of those times. And, and I'm not necessarily going to sit there and say that I'm going to praise myself when I note those things. But really, honestly, just kind of like a list in my head. Emily, you did this today. Emily, you did that today. Well done. Hopefully I say that last part. Well done. So tonight when I go to bed, I'm going to say in my head, Emily, you did the dishes today. You hate doing the dishes. Well done. Emily, you recorded your podcast for the first time in over a month. Well done. I will feel very accomplished. I've actually taken it into my head that there, that I want to accomplish one thing a day. Whether that's deep cleaning the bathroom, making bread, taking Jimmy out uh, to the library, uh, reading Jimmy a book. Uh, well, I do that every day, but... At first, when I first was a stay-at-home mom, I had to think to myself, that's going to be one of my big things, is reading Jimmy a book every single day. Um, You know, uh, just finding one thing that's going to be my main thought for the day. And sometimes that is finding time to sit down and knit, right? So another thing that I'm going to tell myself tonight when I go to bed, well done, you got three rows into your new sweater little cabin. 
well, you know, well done. I'm making an effort. I'm making progress. I'm actually completing my goal, which is doing one thing uh, a day. That might not seem like a big thing to somebody else, but to me, <laughs> with the ritualistic chaos that is my life of of being a, a stay-at-home mom to an eight-month-old, it is a big thing to me to be able to do any of these things. Um, so that's my goal for the week. And so I'm one, and I'm, and I really feel like by doing these things every night when I go to bed, noticing what I did well, uh, what progress I made, I, I feel like my, my feeling of safety, my feeling of growth, of, of well-being, of self-love will be more prominent in my life by the end of the seven day period. Now this is Monday, so I'm going to go until next Monday. I think that's how that goes, right? Or is that eight days? I don't know. It doesn't matter. I'm just going to make that my goal. Um, and you know, they say that to make something into a, a goal into a habit, you have to do it for 14 days straight. Actually, didn't something come out a few years ago that was saying that that actually is not correct that you need to do it for more than 14 days straight to make it a uh, habit. Hmm. Now I need to look that up. But again, I don't want to put too much pressure on you for you to feel overwhelmed in this, in this concept of learning first to, to love yourself. So, you know, I'm just offering you this idea of doing it for a week. And that is my Huga moment, you know, increasing your own well-being, your own feeling of safety, your own feeling of comfort. And but but and how you do that is by putting self-love into action. So what are you going to focus on this week? Contemplation corner. One of the best guides to how to be self-loving is to give ourselves the love we are often dreaming about receiving from others. Bell Hooks. I loved that quote. Oh my gosh. Let me read it one more time. One of the best guides to how to be self-loving is to give ourselves the love we are often dreaming about receiving from others. Isn't that beautiful like are you dreaming about somebody just putting their arms around you then do it to yourself are you dreaming about your knight in shining armor become your own knight in shining armor right save yourself oh i just loved that okay next the final quote that i had today because of course i found a million of them that i wanted to share with you but i'm limiting myself to two is we are each gifted in a unique and important way. It is our privilege and our adventure to discover our own special light. Mary Dunbar. Well, my friends, our time together for this episode has come to a close. Thank you so much for joining me. 
I hope you all will have or did have a wonderful Valentine's Day, whether you celebrate it or not. However you choose to recognize it is up to you. I mean, for 30 odd years, I didn't have a boyfriend. I didn't have anyone to celebrate Valentine's Day with but myself. And I oftentimes spent that day in depression, bemoaning my my life circumstances and feeling worthless because, no, you know, as I would say in my head, nobody loves me, which wasn't true. I just had love in different ways. And then once I left my ex-husband, I really took the time to um, start loving myself on Valentine's Day. And that's what I'm going to do tomorrow. Yes, I'm going to make my husband a very special uh, dinner. I'm thinking Spätzle. Uh, that's a German uh, dumpling that pretty much looks like little tiny noodles, but it's so good. Um, I might even make a video on that. But I'm also going to take the time to contemplate self-love. How do I love myself? Let me count the ways, right? I'm going to do that tomorrow because it's very important to me. But that might, you know, whatever Valentine's Day looks like to you, just know that I appreciate you. I love you, whether I know your name or not, whether we've connected or not. I love you because you take the time to listen to this podcast. I'm not always eloquent. I don't always think my personal skill set segments all the way through. Like today, I could have gone in so many directions. There were things that I wanted to talk about that I didn't talk about. And there are things that as I was talking to you that I thought to myself, oh man, maybe I should have uh, looked into this more or talked about this more. But the reality is, is that I did a good enough job. I talked about a subject that I felt was important for all of us to think about. And if anything else, I just got the ball rolling for you, right? And maybe you'll take a look, a deeper look at it. And that's why I love you is because you are courageous enough to listen to these concepts and ideas and figure out what they mean to you or that they mean nothing to you and you set them aside because not everything I talk about in these episodes will be meaningful to everyone. But thank you, my friends. And until we talk again, Remember to knit what you love and love what you knit. Ta-ta for now. Hey, Jim Bean. Want to play drums? Yeah. (gasps) Sheepies. Can you hit it? Can you hit the drums for Mama? Yeah, you missed. Here. You did a good job. Here, what about that? Yeah. Good job. Let's see, let's see. Oh, bongos. There you go. Good job. That's my boy.